All right, we want to welcome everyone back to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, uh, or SALT. And with us again today is John Began, who serves with Trellis, and we are so thankful. John, thank you for taking time to be with us and the information that you've shared with us uh, this far. Well, thank you uh, for allowing me to do this. I appreciate it. Well, it, it's a blessing to me, and I know it's a blessing to those who are listening in. <clears throat> In our last session, you mentioned a situation where there are people who sometimes are resistant and they don't want a homeless ministry for whatever reason, maybe their perspective or, or maybe their experience, whatever their reason is, they're resistant, they're opposed to the idea of having this kind of ministry. So what do you do? How do you lead them to understand the value, the benefit, the need uh, for this type of ministry so that they get supportive, get behind it and, and involved? Um, I think any ministry, you got to have leadership uh, buy-in. You know, they, they've got to really want to do this ministry and not just allow it to happen. You know, we've kind of had situations where someone had a passion for ministry and it really wasn't the leadership's direction or vision of their church, but someone mm -hmm. had a heart for it. So they allowed the ministry to take place, but they really don't support it. But in their mind, leadership's mind, they think they're supporting because they're allowing it to happen. So right. I think I think the key is that you have to have full uh, embracing of that ministry from, from everyone. Now, you might not agree with it, but we're asking you as members to, um, to support this ministry. It doesn't mean that you have to be a part of this ministry, but you don't talk bad about it. Or, you know, you, you support what the leadership has decided to go in. And if you don't, then you have to have a strong leadership to say, we can't have this division within the church. <clears throat> I've seen it cause too many problems. I, I experienced that. You, know, you had a group of people that ended up destroying the church because we didn't have leadership that said, you know, this is what we're going to do. And so it, it made it very, makes it difficult with any ministry that you have. Homeless ministry is tough. It will not probably gather a bunch of people but you're reaching out to people that are hurting that need the word of God and they need to be connected back to God. And so <clears throat> if you got people that have a heart for that, that God's put that on their heart and they want to do that, you can, you can support them in that. But more than just say, Hey, we've got a, a ministry and it's in the bulletin. You got to be able to give them time to um, know what this ministry is all about and why we we're doing what we're doing and what the good is that, that comes from that. So, that's always always a key, I think, for leaders to embrace any kind of ministry, but give the people that are running that ministry time, uh, time space, not, not necessarily in the pulpit, but some type of exposure as this is what's going on and how you can be a part of that. And this is the changes that it's making in the lives of people. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's just a big step. I know when I was a, started preaching at Costa Mesa, I had Trellis come to me. I wasn't with Trellis. And they said, hey, we want you to be a part of Trellis as one of the churches, you know, to kind of collaborate together. I'm going, I'm already doing homeless ministry, <laughs> you know, and I'm preaching, I'm doing janitorial work, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything. I ain't got time for you, you know. And now that I'm on the other side, I wish I would have embraced that a little bit earlier than, than what I did because I see the, the value in it. And I, but I was getting people from Trellis coming to help. Our, we fed the homeless every Tuesday night at our church for 35 years, and we averaged 120 to 130 homeless people at our church. Wow. And then we're averaging 15 to 20 volunteers who are coming from the city, 
from our community that aren't necessarily believers. And we've had some believers at other churches. So here you have this amazing opportunity to love on people. So you're not just, whatever ministry you're serving, you're not just necessarily serving the homeless or single moms. As I mentioned before, you're, you got the three audiences. And so that's one way that you um, able to, to teach through that and show them this is what it's really about as, as a church of bringing all of us together. I had a, a teacher, Rex Boyles, at Sunset. And one of the things he used to teach was cope, create opportunity for personal experience. Uh-huh. So what you're, pre- what you're preaching on Sunday, you create an opportunity for them to experience that during the week. So I really believe teaching and modeling is, is critical for your leadership. That means your leadership's got to be involved in it. Yeah. You know, they got to be involved in that ministry one way or another. It doesn't mean they're leading the charge, but they've got to be involved. The members got to see that this is vital to the church in reaching out to our, our hurting community. They might not be your demographic that you are aiming at, but they are people that are redeemable. That's and you got and you, you teach people that by reaching out to people that are unlovable, who don't want to be loved sometimes, who everyone has cast aside and they're, they're, they're the outcast, because that's what Jesus did. He went to, to those that were outcasts, the people that weren't accepted. And he's showing his disciples, this is God's kingdom. This is who it's for. So uh, the fact that you, you make reference to the leaders, it does begin there. I, I've heard for years and read, you know, I think John Maxwell makes this statement that everything rises and falls on leaders. And if the leaders, if it's not a part of their vision, if it's not a part of what they're uh, involved in and want to be involved in, then it makes it very difficult for that ministry to get off the ground. So with that in mind, <laughs> Uh, as we think about leaders, what do leaders need to know about the homeless ministry and the impact of it? I mean, what would you share with the leadership to help them see just how vital uh, this ministry is and the impact of it? I think the first thing is why? Why are we going to do this ministry? And uh, what is the purpose behind what we're doing? And then um, trying to move forward in, in, in that area. And how is this going to look to us as a congregation? It is, um, <clears throat> it's like intimacy. It's all about relationships and the homeless, especially because most of them all come from broken relationships. They don't know what a healthy relationship is. So you're going to be dealing with problems of how they act, smoking all over the place, you know, maybe using language that's not quite appropriate, not dressing, maybe smelling, you know, type of deal. And you'll notice almost all the homeless people will sit at the back of the church. And we think, well, why don't you come join us? Come join us. They're too embarrassed to. They don't feel, I had, I had a, a lady that had been with us for over a year. I said, come on up front with me. You know, come see him. She goes, oh, no, that, that's for the good people. Hmm. She, she didn't, those are, I'm not worthy. They don't feel worthy enough to go up and sit with the regular members. Part of them are embarrassed because of what they wear, um, how they smell or whatever or just their home self-worth. Their identity is in their brokenness. It's not in who they are as a, as a child of God. And those are the biggest challenges. So you might have good success and they're moving forward. And the next thing you know, they're right back where they started. And you're kind of going, what? We were, we were doing so good because they start listening to the lies again. Or a problem will arise 
and they'll take it long because they're looking at things with a tainted lens still through that hurt and pain. And so someone, a member will say something to them, not thinking it's going to hurt them, but not really realizing what they're saying to someone that's homeless, that's lost everything or doesn't feel worth that it sets them off. And you don't even know that you set them off. So now you got to kind of start all over again. And that can be challenging um, because <clears throat> they, they tend to, you know, to kind of go back into their old behavior. They go back to that empty well, as a lot of them say. So it's how you, you got to keep on getting them out of that well. And so it takes a lot of time and patience. Whereas someone that doesn't have addiction issues or anything like that, it, it's, they're not always going back to the well. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's being willing to go back to that well and bringing them out and showing them that God still loves them. Yeah, you might have messed up this time. doesn't mean that God's not loving you again. <clears throat> and I just say to myself, how many times has God forgiven me for all my stupid things that I do on a regular basis that my empty well that I go to? It might not be addiction or whatever. It might be something else. It might be anger, resentment, bitterness or whatever. But I'm still going back to that empty well. It's just not as visible as someone that's going to their addiction. So this <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense from a leader standpoint. You just got to be patient. And you got to teach your people that God loves us despite where we're at. He doesn't care about our past. Yes. All he cares about, all he cares about is our present and our eternal future. So keeping people focused on the present where they're at right now it could be a good day. Yeah. Or it could be a bad day, but let's let's get them to focus on that eternal. Well, and what you're saying makes great sense. <laughs> You, you mentioned something that, and maybe this is going to be more from a personal perspective for me personally, because I've been to a, a lot of different places and, and to have people come up to me and they'll, they'll ask for change or they'll ask for, you know, anything I might be able to give. Uh, even in situations in, in a congregation where someone comes in, I struggle with what do you say? Um, how do you handle situations to where you don't want to set people back? You don't want the, to push them back into, uh, you know, a, a mental state that's going to drive them in the other direction uh, or to affect their worth or their feeling of worth. So what would you suggest that would help all of us to know what to say uh, in those situations? One, set boundaries for you as a congregation. Don't give money. And this is why it's important for the leadership to go to the city and find out what resources are available to the homeless. If you're going to do a homeless ministry, find out the other resources, whether it's other churches or other nonprofits, places that they can go to, to get clothes, to get maybe gas cards because they're living in their car or um, food. Those, know where those resources are and point them to those resources. And, and so that you're... Um, before I got hired in Costa Mesa, I went there two weeks beforehand and worked on the food line to just to kind of see what this homeless ministry was all about. And the first guy I come up to me, Jehovah Witness guy, he goes, aren't you just enabling us? Because <laughs> you're, you're giving us food. I said, yeah, we probably are. You know, there's, you're going you're gonna to have some enablement, but if you're not intentional about getting to know that person, his name, where he's come from, why he, he's where he's at, then you're just enabling you know, type of deal. But if you provide resources, and one of the things you said was, you know, I'm afraid to say the wrong thing or push them in this that direction. Uh, we need to get you into therapy. No, it's <laughs> you're you're an enabler and codependent. You know, in my was that we don't we're afraid that we say something they're going to go say. They've been on the streets for a long time. That's not gonna that's not gonna change that. 
What's going to change them is how consistent you are in loving them. What, even when they mess up, you know, um, I can be real hard nosed on the street with, with the homeless. Um, and, and I speak a lot of truth into them and it's, it's hard truth sometimes. Um, but they know that they can come to me if they need anything after chewing them out for doing something stupid, you know, but because I've built that relationship with them. So they respect that. They, they don't want that. They, they know church is very loving and giving and they go to the churches. They, a lot of them have a routine. They go to this church on Monday, this church on Tuesday. And so they got their own little circuit going. Just say, this is what we do as a church. We, we can give you a snack lunch. We can give you some socks or some clothes, but this is kind of be, this is our outreach. Here's a list of resources you can go to for the other day. If you want spiritual help and spiritual guidance and prayer, you know, let's come and sit down and, and let, let's talk, you know, but know that my door is always open for you. But learning the leadership to set some boundaries that what are we going to do? What kind of ministry are we going to do? Are we going to do food? Or are we going to do clothes? You know, that, that type of stuff. And then you partner with the other ones and they say, oh, yeah, they're doing showers over at, you know, the Church of Christ on Mondays and Wednesdays. And they do a feeding on Tuesday night. Over at the Lighthouse Church, they do feedings on Sunday afternoon. So you just, you know, but you know that when you get together, what Trellis does would bring those churches together and those resources together. And we come up with boundaries and we come up with points. So if someone's acting up, say they come to my church and they're acting up, they're doping there. They're creating a lot of problems. I'm going to 86 them for a period of time. So when they go to the soup kitchen, I've already told the soup kitchen that they were acting up. They would say, no, you can't go because you're acting up over here. So we work together to show them that, look, it, you just can't, do whatever you want on the city and expect us to help you. You've got to act like a responsible citizen. So that kind of breathes some things into them as well. And they're going, oh, they're talking to each other. But you're working, but you're working collaboratively together for the better. And you're trying to teach them some discipline. You're trying to teach them some, some, some boundaries. But you, you don't get to that place until you've got relationships with the other nonprofits and the other church leaders. Right. And, and, you're, and you're praying for them. You know, you're praying for each other you're praying for the for the homeless and um make your decision and what is your ministry going to be and uh, how are you going to, to operate that so in connection to that for churches that want to be involved in a homeless ministry uh, of this nature um, if they're looking to figure out okay how do we even go about this how do we start it what would you tell them that they need to know as far as maybe some initial steps to help get them in the, moving in the right direction so that they could uh, start a ministry of this nature? Well, one, they can call me if they just you know, have, have some further questions. I'd be glad to, to answer that. Um, <clears throat> two, um, see what the need is in your city and the resources that are available. And if there are other churches and nonprofits doing something for the homeless. Get to know them. Talk to them because they know what the need is in the city. So we don't need another food program. You know, a lot of cities don't want their churches involved in homelessness because they think they're going to attract homeless from other cities. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of the term NIMBY, not in my backyard. Oh, that's So it's people who don't want homeless in their community. And we had a lot of resistance from our church from feeding the homeless when we started the shelter we tried to get the shelter seven years ago and the NIMBYs shot it down. They went to city hall and at the meetings and they said no. So we got the churches together, Trellis did, and 
we listen to the needs and the fears of the community and we address those fears on how we're going to address those fears when we open up a shelter. Mm. And when we had our next vote five years later, we had an army of people from the church at that meeting and we blew them away. We had 102 people speak. A hundred of them all said, we want the shelter in our city. The two that didn't, one of them had an opposition because she was, had a, a security concern because she lived right across the street where the shelter was going to go. And they addressed that, said, well, this is what we're doing. They're just, oh, well, then fine. So we only had one person who just didn't like the homeless, period. You know, no matter what we have done, he just didn't want them in there. But it was the churches getting together to find out what the need was. And maybe the city has a specific need that's not being met, such as a check-in center where people could store their belongings or a place for them to shower or to go to the restroom. <laughs> that, hey, we're going to provide our church, have restrooms on these days, you know, and that, that's what you're going to do to help out. So there you find out what the real need is, where you're not so much enabling, but you're actually bringing a, a solution to the problem. So I would kind of have the leadership do some research in the city of what, what, what's taking place and how can you bless that. Yeah. Maybe you guys are just doing lunches. Maybe you're providing clothes. You know, maybe you say, hey, we're going to do bus passes. or if you have reconnections, we're going to start setting up a, a benevolent fund for when people are going to get reconnected back home because they've come out, they're rehab or whatever, and they're on the streets, but they need to get back home. Home is ready to take them, that there's funds for that. So I've reconnected 150 people in the last three years. Wow. From all over the United States, almost every state in America, even um, Hawaii and uh, Alaska in Puerto Rico. <laughs> so um, we've gotten people back home connected, connected back to them. But it is, it's like any ministry. It's about relationships and loving on them. Well, you made reference to the fact that best first step is to contact you. So tell us how people <laughs> reach you and if they have questions or, or if they want to explore more about this ministry. Uh, my number is 559 Call me any day except for Monday, because <laughs> that is usually my only day off with my wife. And uh, my email address is john, J-O-H-N, at wearetrellis.com, W-E-A-R-E-T-R-E-L-L-I-S.com. Awesome. And just a reminder, everyone, that they can go to the website at wearetrellis.com, and they can learn more about that ministry. And John, thank you. First of all, let me thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, you. Awesome work, needed work. Uh, but thank you for taking time to share it with us and to, to share uh, a lot of information that's beneficial to those who would consider this ministry or to help in this ministry, whether it's there or wherever they're living. So we, we thank you for that. And thank you for taking the time. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, pray that you're blessed uh, by the information that you've learned and Pray that you'll continue to be involved in serving in God's kingdom in the best way that you can. God bless.